hey guys, just a quick little note at the top of the episode here for you. We have been planning this interview for a while now, and we are so, so excited for you to hear it. Um, unfortunately, Jess had to miss it this week because her baby got sickies. Uh, we all know how that goes, though. Uh, mom life first, right? But she will be back next week. And in the meantime, please enjoy this episode with Jen Scott Pickett. Unbedding, unbedding, we're unbedding, baby. We're on a journey, baby. We're unbedding, baby. We're unbedding. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Unbedding. I'm Dana Pereira. And I'm not Jess, I'm Jen. You're Jen. <laughs> oh my God, Jen. I am so excited to have you on the show. Uh, it's, it's spooky Halloween season. How are mm -hmm, you doing? Mm -hmm. Is this like your jam now? You know, I, I listened to your, I think it was the recent, listen, let me just fangirl for a second because <laughs> whenever do. I'm, we're going to, we're going to come back to spooky season, but <laughs> For the record, whenever I'm asked to do an interview, I always like listen to a show in advance to like get an idea for the format. Mm -hmm. So I was doing that for your show and I instantly became obsessed and I have binged over half of them. <laughs> and so for the record, I was like, I'm not Jess and Jen. That sounds close enough. This is great. So um, anyway, in the Urban Legends episode, maybe, or one of the recent ones, yeah, you were talking about the the spooky season stuff. And I, I love spooky season and I love thrillers and paranormal but I think both of you agreed like I'm not into the horror stuff I'm not into like the gore and the slasher my kid is he's that fucking weirdo with the Chucky doll he loves that shit yeah not my thing but I try to be like supportive of other people so with your four-year-old is he the one that's really into like the the horror stuff mm, he I I don't know because hear me out the 10-year-old is the one that's hardcore and this is all going to circle back to the the theme for the show so people okay. who are like <laughs> all of this is important because I think it's it, to raise kids in a certain um situation your nurture versus nature situation uh, he doesn't get this horror shit from me or his dad right but he his whole he just and he's very invested in the creative aspect like he watches documentaries about how movie props are made he's never even seen the Jason movies but he has the mask and he knows all the details about this stuff he wants the Chucky doll but he doesn't know anything actually about the movie because he hasn't seen the movie but he watches mm -hmm. the YouTube creators about it so my four-year-old loves his brother and therefore he thinks he's into creepy stuff but I don't know if organically he would be or not but because his brother is he is that segues nicely because a lot of what we're talking about and guys it's spooky mm -hmm. season and I don't think that this is particularly spooky but I do think it gets into um uh kind of like the realm of woo-woo shit and I love some woo-woo yes it's absolutely paranormal and I it's to me, I tried to bridge the gap of paranormal um, in science and spirituality. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, part of me is like, this topic is very spiritual. The other part is like, it is straight up also paranormal freaky, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's yeah. unexplainable. And I think a lot of the unexplained. No, no it's not. I'm <laughs> going to explain it all. <laughs> uh, well, good. I can't wait to hear it. I guess maybe what I was going for is um, whenever you don't have the information, you're afraid no, of it 100%. or it That's... seems like UFOs. 
Yes. Umbrella term, all that stuff. In the same way that like ghost to some people, I mean, it's paranormal, right? Mm -hmm. So they're very creepy to some, but for other people, it's a very spiritual thing. Oh, that's just your soul or your astral body. It's all about, you know, the lens you're looking at. So how did you start to get into this? Is this something that you have been really into from childhood? Did you have experiences as a kid? Like what was it that really like got you into this? Sure. I think um, without, it's a very convoluted answer and I will try not to bore you all, but I think that there are certain aspects that are important because of, I come from, have we even, the topic is reincarnation. Have we said that? Oh, no, no, I think we did. <laughs> I'm, I think you should title. host this it's show. It's the title of the episode. We're fine. <laughs> um, so when it comes to reincarnation, obviously there are a lot of uh, preconceived ideas, which is mm-hmm. the whole aspect of your show, right? So I think it's important to know that I come from a very, I appreciate the spiritual side now, but in the early days, I was only interested in the scientific side. And a lot of people don't know that there is a scientific side. And that was the mind fuck for me. I was raised very um, religious Christian. Uh So my grandfather was a preacher. My dad was a minister. I married a minister. I was with him for 13 years. So interestingly enough, in that first marriage, I went agnostic, which is very inconvenient for a Christian pastor. (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) Right. Uh, And to his credit, he's still a minister, but now he himself is like evolved no shade to the people who are still practicing Christianity, but he has evolved to like a different play in himself. He's in a very different spiritual mindset himself. But at that time, I was very like agnostic because I would never say I was atheist because I always wanted there to be more, but I was always mm-hmm. like religion ain't it. You know, we did not have it figured out. And I've had my pendulum swing has been that science doesn't have it all figured out either. And mm-hmm. if we don't give a little grace and see the truth in both sides, we're never going to get you know, the real answers we're looking for. So that's kind of my history. I, a lot of religion, a lot of anxiety and depression and like fucked upness, right? Um, A lot of that comes with religion. It does, right? And then when you give up religion, then you don't feel like you have anything that you can hold on to anymore. So you're like, it's, it's complicated. My youngest son, he's four now, but when I was like very early in my pregnancy, he was diagnosed with a condition called gastroschisis. His intestines were literally outside of his body. (gasps) Oh, baby. And so I'm like, my anxiety is off the charts. And it's unfortunate, but that segue into me, I guess, looking more into other things, like opening myself to other answers, questions, and even the science part of it. um, Like, why the fuck would this happen? Blah, blah, blah. So around this time, I I started getting into Law of Attraction, which was a thing that I had heard. The Secret was a huge book forever. The Secret to me was like so shallow. It was too much like word of faith, which is how I was raised. It was like yep. toxic positivity. I didn't want, I didn't feel authentic. Mm-hmm. So I just shut it all off. And I, for some reason, I, it was weird. I woke up in bed one day and was like, I need to know what the Law of Attraction really is. And it was like, what the fuck? Where did this come from? And that segue like dominoes into all these paranormal woo-woo stuff that suddenly I guess I was receptive to. And one of the books that fucked me up is a book called Seth Speaks by Jane Roberts written in the 60s. Are you familiar with it at all? I am not. So this book, I had a really hard time with it because of the way it was done as in it was written by he jokes he's like have you ever written you've heard of ghost writers have you ever had a book written by an actual ghost so it's basically like a medium channeling this higher being and I was like no too much it's too much 
but the content made so much sense and it like answered every question about aliens and ghosts and reincarnation and and why bad things happen to kids and true crime shit everything was answered so I like was open enough that I could receive from it and it it uh what's the word y'all use I'm batting <laughs> it, yeah. it changed the narrative of what I thought about reincarnation what I thought about spirituality what I thought about science it really bridged that for me uh, but it also fucked me up a lot so because it's it's a very woo-woo book right so from there I was around the time watching the Netflix series called surviving death and saw it loved it yeah so good right so good. and like each episode kind of had a new topic. Like one was about mediums. One was about reincarnation. One was about near-death experiences. And so that one um, sat with me for a while. And then all of these little seeds, little seeds, even like earlier, like the closest in my younger days was I read a fiction book called My Name is Memory. It's about a guy who remembers his past lives, but the woman doesn't. And so in each lifetime, he has to make her fall in love with him again. So super romantic, Total bullshit, but like yeah. so romantic. And so these little seeds in my whole life have been there, but I was definitely not raised. Like it was very evil, right? So all of that, very long answer to say, that's my background. And the thing that really shifted for me is I discovered a scientist called Dr. Even Ian Stevenson, uh-huh. who spent decades scientifically researching reincarnation cases. And it blew my mind that no one was talking about this stuff. And the part that hurt my feelings was I felt like science was doing to me what religion did. And it was like, if you can't explain it, you just say it bad that they're liars and you ignore it. And like, that's not the same thing. That's not the same thing. You, you can read the information and you can disagree and say, this isn't reincarnation because it's this, but just to ignore it is not okay. And that's the only way that they can explain these cases is to ignore them or to say everybody's lying. Yeah. Well, because there is a huge stigma around it. And so now if somebody comes forward and they say, I had this experience or I had this dream or Mm -hmm. whatever it was, then they get made fun of. They get shunned. They get called crazy. Back in the day, all you had to do was be a woman that had PMS (laughs) and they would put you in a fucking insane asylum. Right. Yeah. Like the, yeah, the word hysterical is all about you know, with, uh, yeah, we can, we're not going down that rabbit yeah. hole. <laughs> no, we will so be many rabbit holes. It's we a, could different, go down. <laughs> a different podcast episode. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think, and I think some of that is healthy. I don't think there's anything wrong with skepticism. I think that that's healthy and wonderful. I want you to ask questions and if I can't a- answer them, then I want to try to find them. But people who just dismiss it without even knowing the information, again, that's why, what shocked me the most is like, no one, I never knew this existed. And it is like my, not my mission to convince anybody of anything, but I will say this, ironically, learning and researching and understanding reincarnation cured my anxiety, changed everything about who I am as a person. It just, it took the pressure off of trying to do everything in one lifetime. It took the pressure of off of being afraid of dying, of feeling like I couldn't be like a career woman and also a good mom and also like young and cool, but also like just old and want to sit outside, you know, like I agree with the pressure off. I agree with that so hard. Um, I have also been on a spiritual journey. I've been learning about souls. Reincarnation is a big part of that. Um, And it does like now, I mean, at the risk of sounding like I'm ready to unalive myself, I'm not. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but I now kind of look forward to it. I'm like, Ooh, no, yes, I'm excited. <laughs> yes, my husband. Oh, he gets so upset with me sometimes because it used to be because I I was I'm always been a dramatic person. Okay, so <laughs> I would be like so anxious and dramatic and like afraid of death and afraid of every little thing, like. My ex-husband was going to take my older two boys on a cruise. And I was like, no, they're going to die. They're going to mm-hmm. fall. And I'm like, he's like, you cannot live in a way that you like, you prevent your kids from living because you're so scared. Now I'm the opposite. I'm like, fuck earth. Fuck this incarnation. I'm ready to go. The spirit plane is so much better. I'll do it in the next life. He's like, you got to find some balance. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you, there are times where like, I'll watch a movie about, I don't know, high school, like wanting to relive my <laughs> high school years because I was so insecure. Did not, I was too afraid to step outside of myself to do anything that I wanted to do. Sure. I had a pretty decent singing voice and I would not like get up and yeah like push myself and I'm like god damn it I wish I would have done more of that and now I'm like you know what next life I really hope sure. I come back with the confidence to do some of this and, stuff. and you never know because another the thing is that when you start really getting into this woo-woo stuff you start realizing that time doesn't exist all our lives are happening simultaneously maybe you were an epic singer in the last life and this is just residual and you don't feel the pressure to do it this time because you already did that I mean who fucking knows maybe I'm just missing it maybe that's that pull is that I'm like oh I just remember what it was like in a past life I mean not physically remembering but my body remember my soul remembers maybe you've got a parallel lifetime going on right now I mean who knows I just think that we should follow our bliss and give ourselves permission to just exist and follow what feels good to us without the pressure because there isn't really any pressure and that is the main message behind all of this in my professional opinion it makes it very easy to let go of the pressure Mm -hmm. and allow what's coming to come yes yes because you're not afraid of death as much you're not afraid of not getting everything done you're not afraid you know it takes a lot of the fear away and I think that's very empowering so what are some of the stories that you have heard that have left an impact maybe it was a first one maybe it was just one that really tugged at your heart what are some of the reincarnation stories that um you have this is so it's like asking someone their favorite book or their favorite (laughs) show because at this point I've read so many and there honestly are there's so so many books on it and there are so many documentaries and there are so many like there's so much information that most of us don't know so I kind of put them in categories so Mm -hmm. if there's a story like there's an example of if I was trying to exhibit I guess scientific um, evidence. I have like that category of cases mm-hmm. where I'm like, this is the scientific, maybe a little boring, but like fascinating for scientific reasons. And then I have the ones that are more like uh, sensational, but there's not enough scientific evidence that would like convince a skeptic. Maybe Right. Yeah. There's no and proof then I, in the actual pudding. Right. Right. You're like, well, how do we know that he actually said this? What if they're just, you know, versus the cases that are documented. And so I kind of have like stories in each category. If you will allow me, I would happily do my, I, hey, I have a disclaimer. Absolutely. I encourage you. <laughs> Please so, go off the rails if you want. My disclaimer is that when you, if you are reading my blogs or you're watching my videos, I'm very careful to make sure that the details are factual. Off the top of my head in this podcast, it is possible that I will miss something. Like if totally. I, I named someone's age wrong or the city wrong. So bear with me. Do not get hung up on the fact that I may fuck this up a little bit. 
do your right. own research. Human the, brain. Yes, I am human. Shit up. <laughs> so I'm going to just like give you the stories without like scripting it. Okay. So there is an example of a, a girl in India who is documented of having over 50 pieces of evidence that are documented that she remembered and were proven true. So this kid's about three years old and she's riding with her father about two hours away. And she says to the driver, can you go down this road? My old house is there. My old family is there. They're like, what? You're three. We've literally never been this far from home. What's going on? And then she goes on to describe what the house looked like, the names of the people and all this stuff. And it's, they don't follow up on it because it's weird. It's a three-year-old, right? But then later all these things come out and then the, the researchers get involved. And long story short, this is a kid who also started um, singing in another language and she would do a dance and she would sing. And the parents didn't teach her the language because she didn't, they didn't know the language. They didn't even know what language she was singing in. But so they brought, uh, one of the researchers brought an expert in and he was like, you're singing Bengali. And these are actual songs. Not even like she knew some of the languages and was making up. She was like singing actual songs that existed in another space. The family did not teach it to her. This is not a time when they didn't have TV. They didn't have a movie theater in that town. This is like the 1950s. Like there is no logical reason that she knew this information. That's called uh, xenoglossy. That is a very common thing you'll see in reincarnation cases where a person speaks a language they weren't actually taught or exposed to. Sometimes they do it in their sleep. So, And there's some crazy story. There was one case where a girl was... um, the parents would hear her talking in her sleep and it sounded like they, she was speaking French and they had taken French in high school, but didn't speak it. So they recorded her one night and they sent it or they went to the college or the local high school teacher. And they're like, Hey, they didn't tell her, they didn't tell the teacher what it was. They were like, can you tell us what this little girl is saying? Yeah. She's like, Oh, she's crying for her mom. Someone's invaded her village and she's looking for her mom. This Imagine your kid, your kid is speaking French. They didn't get it from you. And then you, I have chills. I don't care how many times they hear this shit. You know, so there's a lot of cases like that, that it is unexplained. You're like, how, how do they know this? Right. The other case with the- It's kids a lot of the time too, it right? It is like kids usually are so kids. open mm-hmm. still and fresh. And I, I mean, it reminds me, a lot. It, it, I told you this story. I have not told anybody else in podcast land the story- <laughs> Of my son, who, and maybe you don't remember, but I'll, so I'll tell oh, no, you no, again. No, no, I do. It was in my inbox on Instagram, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I went to pick him up from preschool and we're in the car on the way home. And he goes, mommy, remember, remember whenever I died and then I came into your belly? <laughs> I love it. It never gets old. I was like, What? what? And he said, yeah, remember whenever I died? Now, at this point, I'm already in my journey. It has already hit me that to be very open-minded and to ask Mm -hmm, questions. mm -hmm. And I'm like, yes, sir. Please tell me everything. Yes. Um, And so I asked him what his name was. And he said that his name was Jophis. (laughs) Um, I didn't even know Jophis was a a name. name, Right? I Googled it. (laughs) It is a name in... um, uh oh my gosh why am I like blanking right now um anyways like it it is a name we'll just stop there yeah so um his name was Jophis he was 16 years old um I'm assuming he died when he was 16 he said Mm -hmm. that he really liked his school and that he had dark hair and dark eyes 
And so I'm like, and he doesn't now, right? It, well, he does. He has dark hair and dark eyes now. Okay, he has brown okay, gotcha. hair and brown eyes now. Um, but I'm like that for him to say that was that, crazy. So I love that you've actually had a personal experience with this. I literally published a blog today that talks about like the, the four main signs of when your kid is actually talking about a past life versus say making up some stuff. And obviously a skeptic has, I saw, I read Tyler Henry's book recently, and he said, there's a difference in a skeptic and a cynic. A skeptic is, it's natural. You're like hesitant to just believe anything. A cynic just is like, refuses to even consider the actual evidence. You they know? keep their mind so closed. Yes. So par- what's, what's hard about anything like this, the woo-woo stuff, it's very hard to quantify it or put it in a lab, right? Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff is like you as a parent, you know you're having this experience, your intuition goes off, the hair on your arm. You, you just know that your kid's not making shit up. And that's right. hard to like scientifically explain mm-hmm. that there are patterns. And you, for example, what kid is just going to use his imagination to be like, oh, I was 16 and I died, you know? And then I came <laughs> into your belly. And I, and yeah, not even like, oh, well, we have this religious belief where like we came from God. Like, no, I died and then I came back. That's like the missing thing. Which is a great segue for me to also say, I think one reason in our Western culture we're so closed off to reincarnation is we have a lot of misconceptions about what it is because even religions that believe in reincarnation, that doesn't mean they have everything right about reincarnation. There's truth to it. That doesn't mean they've got it all figured out. The other thing is a lot of um, people here, they're like, they think that reincarnation, reincarnation means that heaven isn't real. And that's not true most souls have a space they go to in between lives. Mm -hmm. So like that doesn't negate near-death experiences that they actually support each other. It doesn't um, negate the religious beliefs in heaven or paradise. They actually all support each other. We just have to like dig through the the shallow shit on top and find like the common roots. So it's funny that you say that because not too long after that experience with my son, he was sleeping in my room and he starts talking in his sleep. Mm. And what he says is something along the lines of like, um, not now, I'll come play with you when I die. Which is freaking you out normally, right? <laughs> but I knew, I was like, oh my God, like his soul is talking because their souls 100%. at that age are still playing around up there when Dude, they're sleeping. listen. There are so many branches on this topic, and that is a great one. In our dreams, we, we our physical body is sleeping, but like our astral body, our soul, whatever is fucking around, right? Mm-hmm. It's learning things. That's why we have precognitive dreams. We are communicating with other people who are alive. We're communicating with people who have died. We're communicating with, let's say, spirit gods. We, there's a lot going on while we're sleeping, and that's what's beautiful about all this paranormal stuff that actually... Again, aliens, ghosts, uh, reincarnation, dreams, all of this shit actually ties in together. It all makes sense when you're you're open to that. I even, some of the, the really interesting books are ones where they have people whose past lives are alien lives. Because oh. at first you're like, okay, no, too much. But then you're like, well, wouldn't that make sense? That like, why would we only incarnate on one planet, right? There's so much more. Oh my God. I love that so, so much. And it's not something that people typically think of a lot. Right. right. Nobody's thinking like, oh, I at one point will be or have been an alien. Right. <laughs> right. But why? why bizarre we're thing. So, we're so limited and we don't mean to be. It's, it's like, you know, we're just 
it's weird because some people like crack the door open and people like me just like kick the fucking door open like fucking kool-aid man that shit yes and every (laughs) time i think that i've like got it figured out and like organized some shit happens that like really still blows my mind like there are cases there are a lot there are thousands of cases where you have kids not just it's very it's very common in cultures that believe in reincarnation which is sometimes used as evidence against it. They're like, oh, well, of course you believe it because you're taught to. I'm like, no, they're just, they don't shut their kids down. They mm-hmm. don't tell their kids that they're lying. They are open to the possibility. That's one of the bigger differences. But there are a lot of cases also in America and in Canada and the UK. It exists everywhere. And the internet has helped make, even me, when I post a video, I get thousands of comments total. I mean, I've gotten so many comments of people having personal experiences because we're we're open to learning it. But there are some weird cases out there that like will really fuck you up. You see the patterns with the the typical cases. And then you have cases like there was this one where this guy was about 16. And this was printed in a newspaper, by the way, like in the 60s. Okay. He was, he died at 16. He was walking and they were doing some, I don't know, road work or something. And a rock hit him in the head and it he knocked, knocked him out. So they went, the townspeople went looking for his family, which were, I don't know. I, I would say 30 minutes away. Um, he is immediately outside of his body. So he's looking at his body. His soul was like, what is going on? And yeah. then he thought, oh my God, my mom, because they're talking about going to find his parents. So the moment he had the thought about his mom, he's transported to his mom. This is important because the mom is at two o'clock. This is how he's documented the time. It's around two o'clock. And the mom says, I get chills. His soul, trans she can't see it, but his soul immediately transfers to his home and mm-hmm. his parents are having lunch and his mom sits straight up and she says, something's happened to, I can't remember his name, let's call him Jacob. Something's yeah. happened to Jacob. The dad's like, shut up woman, eat your lunch. And she's like, no, if we leave now, we can be there before 2.30 or 3. So he watches them do this. As they're having the conversation, there's a knock at the door where a telegram has been sent. And they're like, your son is on, he's dead or he's on death's door, whatever. You need to come see him. And she's like, I told you, right? So suddenly, instead of just following them back to his body, he's transported to a neighbor's house that he recognizes. And this woman is in labor and there's a doctor there and there are women and the baby's being born. And he feels this urge to get into the baby's body and he's, going to do it. And then the doc, I have chills. I have so many chills. The doctor says, uh, we're losing them both. And he was about to get into the baby's body. He felt this urge he could not deny. And then he thought about his own mother and how she was at the bedside of his body and he freaked out. So he transported, returned to his own body, came back. He told his parents, I saw you having lunch. They were like, oh my God. Right. So as he's healing, he finds out that that neighbor that he had this experience with at 2.05, she delivered a baby who was stillborn and she died. Oh that shit happened. How do you explain that? How do you explain that he knew he was dead? His body's here. He could tell his parents what they had for lunch. He could tell them what their conversation was. He could tell them when the, what time the guy showed up. He could tell them that their neighbor had a baby. He was supposed to be that baby, but he chose not to. And how would he know that? You know, like there's so much more to life than like what we have been told to believe. So how are you with um, like signs from the other side? Like for me, I get white feathers from my dad. Every Aww. time I see a white feather, I... Is there I, a connection? Like 
from when he was living or like, how's your, um, I don't know that there was ever a connection to a white feather in particular after he had passed. I, when I was ready, I saw a white feather and I just knew immediately. I knew it was an, an instant intuition knowing. Yeah. Um, and I just said, hi, dad. And now it's very interesting because I will um, get white feathers on the most crazy times. Like my wedding day, I was out taking pictures and there was a white feather. I made my photographer take a picture of it. Um, So my dad passed. um, He had cancer. He had lung cancer. And my stepmother at the time was going through a very difficult situation. She had recently lost my cousin who was her Mm -hmm. best friend to cancer and then found out that my dad had cancer. Right. Um, and it, she went into meltdown mode and she ended up actually leaving my dad while he had cancer. Wow. It was, it was bad. And I was mad. I was angry. I was very, very fucking angry. Sure. Um, years later, my sister, um, my stepsister. So her mom was my Mm -hmm. stepmom. Um, she was having a baby and I happened to be in town and she invited me to the baby shower and I knew that I was going to have to see her. Right. <laughs> and I was fucking struggling. And I said, Hey dad, like now, mind you, before this, I've had several dreams of him basically telling me, get over it, forgive her. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. so many dreams of him telling sure. me. So before I go, I'm like, dad, send me a white feather. If you want me to be nice, like, <laughs> That's all I was. Just send me a white feather. (laughs) So I all day am like waiting for this white feather. Nothing comes. I'm walking to the door of the baby shower. Nothing comes. I open the door. Nothing. I'm waiting for you to tell me that she's wearing like angel wings of white feathers. I wish. I wish. But there was nothing. I got no sign. But whenever I walked into that room and I saw her, Mm -hmm. I instantly felt compassion wow for what she had gone through and how sure. hard that must have been for her and sure i don't agree with how she handled the situation um i'm sure she doesn't agree with it too i had instant compassion and i was like you know what and i walked up to her and i gave her a hug and i yeah. was just like hey how are you got through the baby shower i go home I walk into my mom's house because I was staying with her. And in the middle of the living room floor Mm. is a white fucking feather. Where the fuck did that come from? Right? Indoors? Indoors. And listen, can I just say that for anyone who is a skeptic, whatever, that's fine. I, 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 you could say that's a common thing. Is it? I don't see white feathers. I don't just see white feathers in my life. That's not a thing. And maybe I'm not looking for whatever, but I think that like, that is a sign of a, a very evolved open soul that you are, you're seeing it, you're receptive of it. So like kudos to you. And you know what, that's the, the other beautiful thing about reincarnation is it, it gives us these like opportunities to learn, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't try to learn in this life. And like, look how much you've done, how much you, that you've been receptive to like that, that compassion, that's, that's the point. And here's the thing. You don't have to agree with her. You don't have to change her. It's all about, you and when you leave this life even though i believe there's a source and there's like a, a 
bigger consciousness, you're still ultimately the judge. You decide, no, no deity is sitting up there dictating what your next life will be like. You decide. You will do a yeah. life review and you will say, I need experiences that are going to help me evolve as a person. And then you just trust <laughs> that when you get there, you actually, and you do, you can't not. Here's the thing. You can't fuck up this life because mm-hmm. you are constantly learning. And if you don't receive it now, that's okay. You'll get it in between or the next life. Like th- there really is no pressure, but how beautiful experience that in this lifetime. Like that's beautiful. I really love that you said that like compassion and leading with compassion, I feel like is the solution to so many things. It is. And we need to stop making it our job or feeling the pressure to change other people because you don't. And I think that also alleviates some of that pressure when you recognize that like, it's not your job to Mm -hmm. change someone else's behavior because they, I promise you, there is not any evil person in any true crime documentary or in history that is not going to come to their own reckoning. You do not have to worry about it. It's not your job. It's your job to manage these day-to-day experiences that you're having. And then in the in-between, you'll figure out what you need, which is a good segue also to like a lot of people who blame their childhood, which I get, I had like a rough childhood, but I see that through a new lens too, because I recognize I chose to be born to these parents in this environment. Why? What was I supposed to learn? What did I learn? How did this add to me? And it, it just, it changes so much about that victim mentality and it's empowering, but also puts the responsibility on you. So you have to like find that balance of those two things. Well, and I love that idea too. I just saw a quote the other day that was talking about how um, you can feel other people's pain, but Mm -hmm. it is not your responsibility to fix it. Absolutely. It is their responsibility. And I had reposted this quote and there is actually a guy that was like, but what if, what if you're supposed to like love that person and get them through it? And I'm like, no, 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 no. You are misunderstanding this quote entirely. It has yeah. nothing to do with not being there, not being supportive. Um, You know, it's saying that I can feel your pain, but it is up to you to do something about it. Loving somebody doesn't mean fixing their problems. And that has also been a very powerful lesson And here's the thing, logically and even intuitively, I can understand things that I don't necessarily implement. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Right. It has helped helped me a lot with my um, struggles and motherhood because one unfortunate thing about our Western society is we really don't have the village. We don't, most Mm -mm. of us aren't surrounded by the cousins and the aunts and the uncles and the grandparents and the neighbors. We don't have that cozy um, network and at the same time, if you look at your your child as he, this is not a blank slate that comes to earth that you're supposed to instruct. This is a soul who has been here before. You are just the path that they got here and they're probably here to teach you shit. It's a lot less about you. And that, that helped me because I felt like I can barely make decisions about my own life. The pressure of like not fucking up someone else's life was oh just- it was so much. much. So like f- realizing like, it's not that I don't love you. It's not that I don't support you. It's not that we're not having like a collaborative experience here, but that's what it is. It's co-creating. It's not like I've got it all figured out and I'm going to tell you what to do. And when you don't, I'm going to manipulate you and control you because I'm scared. It's like, I have to trust you're your own soul. 
and mm-hmm. you know what you came here for and I'm just gonna like try to let you do it <laughs> yeah yeah and I'm just going to sit here and try my best to lead with compassion and mm-hmm. understanding and let you do you because you're right it is not about control right it's and that's where a lot of that anxiety comes in right like whenever you feel like you are out of control or you're trying to control a situation that you can't because it's mm-hmm. fucking impossible and it, yeah, so like, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And it's not supposed to work. Yeah. You know? Because that's not the, that's not what we're actually built for. And I'm gonna kind of put a trigger warning. I try I try to respect that certain things that are very easy for me because I am where I am when I talk right. when I talk about death or I talk about things that used to be very triggering for me or not now, but other people obviously are in their own journey. Totally. So I don't mean to be like um I don't know the word like old or like dismissive yeah but there are a lot of situations that I think are very brutal for people that I would say are the worst things I can imagine in terms of like losing a child whether that's Mm. a a miscarriage or stillbirth or a young child and when you are open to reincarnation that can also be a very healing thing and those children tend to be very very evolved souls so again I'm not I'm not pretending to be an expert here, but for whoever it may console, a lot of, if you lost a young child or a baby, most likely that is a very evolved soul who didn't even have to come back to earth, who didn't have any karma shit, who came to earth. It doesn't feel like it, but is doing you a favor. Mm. They came here for a very short experience because they, it was supposed to be a catalyst for your earth experience. It's a a growth. We help each other out. It is. And I think that, um, again, I would understand why anybody going through that would be like, fuck you. This hurts. How dare you? But for the people that are are in a position where it can offer healing, I think that um, is a very, very powerful way. I feel like I have to plant that seed that, that a lot of areas of life. Reincarnation is fun and fascinating, but there are so many areas in terms of relationships and in terms of like, the unexplained that it it really is an umbrella for so much well it's earth school is what i like to call it yes and it's, it's one of the hardest schools so if you're struggling of course you are this shit is really hard it's very very hard and one of the things and maybe this is like a morbid way of looking at it but i'm like man maybe if i go through a lot of shit now in my <laughs> that, next life no. i will just coast <laughs> that's a thing listen to me that is a thing that is a pattern so supposedly um I love how I can pretend to be an expert as though like I've like been to the fucking plane and came back these are like based on the, the you patterns have of books. a BA in this at this point okay you've read the books you've done the work I think that we can take you as an expert I appreciate the vocal confidence so the theory is yes that we all have different personalities we don't lose those personalities when we die a lot of us are afraid because of our ego that we're, we're gonna like just turn into like nothingness or we'll forget we come to earth, we forget things intentionally because mm-hmm. we're trying to lose ourselves in the experience. But part of the reason that we don't talk and we sleep so much in the first year or two is because we are not always here. We're halfway in, halfway out. We do remember in the beginning, we start losing our memory on purpose the same way you would go into like a 3D movie or a VR experience. And you just want to be immersed and you want to be lost in the experience. It's a game. It's not that fucking serious. It's, it's supposed to be so that, and also if you have all these past lives, 
and your husband was once your brother, that's gross. You're not going to be able to appreciate the relationship. You were my, and there are cases, there are documented cases. There was this one little boy who was born um, to a, a mother who he was her neighbor while she was still alive. This is kind of hard to explain. So this woman has a son not long after her neighbor dies the son is the neighbor reincarnated so she remembers the old man that he says he used to be they would dispute over their water now what two-year-old is going to have an awareness of this and he was like you used to irrigate your fields with my water and so like there, there was one little girl who remembered being her mom's husband in a past life so she was trying to get rid of her biological father she was like we don't need him i love you so like we're supposed to forget because shit gets weird, right? You have to think of it like um, it's like Johnny Depp versus Willy Wonka and Pirates of the Caribbean. Like he's Jack, but he's really not. He's really Johnny Depp, but he's playing Captain Jack. So you're Dana. You're not really Dana. Like you're just, you're really good at being Dana right now, you know? Yeah. And that kind of takes, it's supposed to be fun. It's hard, but it is what you were saying earlier. It's like, it's the class load. Some of us were like, we want to take all the college classes and we want to knock it out. And then sometimes you get here and you're like, this is actually too hard. I need less classes. But when you, yeah, when let's you drop do, a few credits here. Yeah. So sometimes people, you're like, oh, you look at them and you're like, they have a really boring life where they didn't accomplish anything. They probably did some shit in a past life or in the next life and they're just resting. And that's okay. That is a real thing that happens supposedly. Okay. So let's take like a Kardashian, for example, do you think that they have loaded up on their class load or do you think that they are just like super? I mean, I I feel like they have a lot going on behind the scenes to be this known on the planet, basically. Do you feel like they've loaded up their class load or that could be perspective because you could have a person like a class load for one person could be um, there's a, a teacher that talks about think about this. If you are a very good tennis player, Mm -hmm. you are not trying to be an asshole, but you probably don't want to play a neighborhood kid who just started playing tennis. You want to play like somebody who challenges you. Yeah. So it's not, it could be a Kardashian. I don't know, but you could take a person that's living like in a war torn country Uh or a person who's lost many people to cancer or a person who was born into poverty. Uh, These people who have like, maybe they have like, um, Uh, birth defects or like illnesses or chronic situations. And that is a heavy class load. And to us, it's like, why would anybody shoot? But for them, it's the challenge of, can I enjoy a life? Can I learn shit? That's because here's the thing. We've all seen people who have like chronic illnesses who are comedians and they seem to genuinely enjoy life. And then you can have a person who has a minor condition and fucking hates everything. Yes. Miserable. yeah. And it's all about perspective and growth. And so it's, it's hard to know, like who was having the heavier class. Right. Like, the Kardashian could be like, this is an easy life for me because I had money and fame. Yeah, look at these that, billions of dollars and right, everybody how, loves me. Look how pretty I am. You know, it's, yeah. it's, but maybe it is a more difficult. We don't, it's really only they can say, and, only, right. and some, some people will, some souls will pace themselves each life, give themselves just enough challenge and other people. I feel like I am an extremist and I will give myself probably a lot. And I'm like, uh, this is also a great opportunity. Are you bracing yourself? <laughs> have you ever, yes. Have you ever heard of a walk-in soul? 
No, but okay. I am intrigued. Okay, yeah. So I, I don't want to say reincarnation is boring because it's not, but for a person who's read so many and seen a lot of the patterns, you, you're kind of like, okay, what's next? Like, give me something else. So there is a whole, uh, there are other, other, other elements of reincarnation that will blow your mind. And one of them is a walk in soul. So this is when a, it's going to fuck with you because it, I'm it so excited with, with our ego. So the idea is that it's like your understudy. So you come into a life and you took a really heavy class load because you thought you could do it, but you get here and you don't want to unalive yourself because you're like, Hey, why waste a human body and a life? But I can't keep doing this. So if there is another soul that is compatible and has similar karma and relationships, they can fucking switch places with you mid life. And that is scary because you're looking, you could be like, Jess, you may not be the same Jess that I knew 10 years ago. So this is a theory that's been put out by more woo-woo teachers, but there's scientific evidence. And one of my favorite cases, there was a little boy named Jasper who was three years old. He had smallpox. He died. His parents, normally in that culture, they would burn them, but because he was infected, they were going to bury him. The uh, ground was too cold to bury him. So all that to say they couldn't bury him immediately. So about eight hours later, when they're ready to do that, this kid comes back to life. Except, now this is a kid who had a speech impediment and who was a playful, normal kid. He comes back to life. He was clinically dead. Comes back to life with no doctor intervening and says, I am not the same person. I am a grown man. I was murdered on this night. My spirit guide told me to take refuge in this body. So they're like, what the fuck? But turns out that guy that he says, Towns far, far away. They there's research done. This man existed. He died the same night. And this kid knew details that he should not know. He's like, I have gold coins in this pocket and this thing in my closet. My wife told me this. This man owes me money. And then to make it even more crazy, he's like, I didn't. They thought that he his family thought it was a suspicious death. He was on the way to a wedding and he fell off like his um carriage. And hit a rock or something. He said, I was poisoned first. That's why I fell off. <sighs> and the guy who he claimed poisoned him was so convinced that this three-year-old boy was a walk-in soul or whatever that was re reincarnated as him that he gave him the money that he owed him. Oh my God. I I love thinking that there's a three-year-old walking around <laughs> like, yo, you owe me money. <laughs> yes. That's exactly. He shook him down. Yeah. And it was so crazy because this three-year-old befriended the family. They were all convinced because he knew so much um, that he befriended the other family. And so this is a three-year-old who had kids in his previous life, but he never like really switched back to being a kid. So when kid people would give him toys, he would save them for his son who was older than him, oh <laughs> but God. he remembered. It gets really convoluted. And I think another thing, element is that people who don't understand other cultures don't they think that oh well there are a lot of cases in India and these other places where they believe in reincarnation and they're probably exaggerating or they're trying to get famous they don't understand that it's so common over there you don't really get famous because like everybody knows somebody who remembers a past life it's like so common even with um, Dr. Stevenson he had to narrow down his cases to 3,000 only to people that he felt like he could Prove. prove because he couldn't handle all the cases because everybody knew somebody also in that culture 
they were afraid that if a if a kid was too vocal, then the past life family would come and try to take them. And oh that happened. God. So they're not trying to get famous. They, they would literally like put things in their mouth and like like uh, hit them when they were like talking about their past yeah, life. Knock it off. Knock they it off. Yes, because they're like, they're going to come try. And they would. Other families would hear about it. And they would be that like. That is a messy us. court proceeding. Right. right? <laughs> I mean, honestly. Oh, we were talking about court. But listen, there is no scientific um, evidence or whatever for this. But it's one of my favorite stories. This three-year-old boy in a village says, hey, yo, I remember who killed me. <laughs> He's this town over. Oh, blah, blah, blah. This is a kid who's three years old, never left his village. They believe him. So they follow up. They take him to the village. He recognizes his neighbor. He says, you, you killed me. You buried my body here. The guy fucking admits it. Then they go, they dig up the spot. They're like, this is the body. There is a ax thing in the skull. And he's like, oh, by the way, he also buried the ax, but not here on his property. So they go to the, pro- a three-year-old led them to his murderer and the weapon and got the guy to confess. Also on the flip side, to to talk about what we, we mentioned earlier about people taking their own karma in their hands or whatever, there was a kid who was born with one of his arms deformed, and he said from a very early age, I killed my fiance in a past life, and I used this arm to do it, and that is why I chose to come in this life with this arm messed up, and here it gets fucking crazier. He also said, but I was my father's little brother, okay, I'm reborn, and the father's little brother had died. He never told his wife the truth that his brother had been executed. He told him he died of like something else. So this little boy's like, no, I was executed because I killed my fiance. So the mom, like no one was telling him the family secrets because they didn't know. And the father was trying to suppress it. This kid just knew it. And then even if, even if the father um, couldn't convey that this was true, the court records could. So like, there's like fucking rabbit holes. You got to okay. shut me up. I can't. Well, I can't because I actually, that leads me into, I I mean, I've been following you on TikTok and Instagram for a very long time now. Your stories always fascinate me. Um, and your hair. I love your hair. Oh, you can't even see in the middle. It's supposed to be blue. And uh, thank you because, you know, trying to stay young, I guess, in my, yeah. my own way. I don't know. But some of your stories contain something that fascinates the shit out of me and that is birthmarks yes I think um Dr. Stevenson felt like this was the like strongest case that science had like physical evidence of reincarnation Mm -hmm. because none of us really like what is a birthmark what is a birthmark right so there are there are so many cases he has huge volumes they're like academic books you can't even like really get them on amazon you have to like go to the college to get these books because they're kind of boring the way they read they're not sensational but like documented cases pictures of all these birth deformities but also that match up with past life cases one of my favorites is this guy who was born with a birthmark that started bleeding okay He's born with a birthmark on his throat and the baby is less than a week old. They have to go back to the hospital because they can't stop it bleeding. They have to sew it up. By the time this kid is two, he won't go by his given name. He's like, no, I'm this other guy that like they happen to know was uh, murdered very publicly. So there he's like, no, you have to call me this. I'm this guy. This guy was um, 
he died because he was in a house where the police had surrounded and he decided to shoot himself because he didn't want the police to have the satisfaction of like, he was like a rebel. He was like a Robin Hood type. So he was like, I don't want you to have the satisfaction. I'm going to shoot myself. So this guy that he remembers being shot himself in the throat. This kid is born with a birthmark on the same side of his throat. And then it starts bleeding. They have to like, and then on the inside of his mouth also, he had tooth problems on that same side that they had no explanation for. Then this is the the twist that for whatever reason, like really solidifies it for me. Dr. Stevenson's team finds out about this case only after this man is an adult. So they're reviewing the, the people who researched it when he was younger, the interviews and all this stuff. And it occurs to him, if this guy shot himself through the throat and he has a birthmark there, would he also have an exit wound? Birthmark. <sighs> so they go find this guy and they don't, they don't specify. They're like, hey, did you have any of the birthmarks when you were born? And he immediately parts the top of his head and he has a birthmark at the top of his head, which matches the exit wound. Like what shit is that? <laughs> like That's crazy. So I, I, I'm fucked up right now because um, you're you're talking about that. My son, whenever he was born, had a little tiny hole in his throat. Just like, mm. like right here, just a little like on the surface, on the surface. And, Ooh. and I was like, what is that? And they like took him back and they were checking him and they were like running tests on him. And he still has it. Is this the same kid that remembered? Yes. Oh, does he have any, has he said anything about that mark? Never. Because I will say this. Sometimes I think the different lives, like you could have, um, you have more than one past life, right? Totally. So like they, they layer and they're all simultaneous. If we call them past lives, but they're all simultaneous. And that's a whole other. Because time doesn't game. exist. Right, right. We're just playing a game here. Yeah. So I would be very interested. I wonder if he had, my, well, my son with the, with the birth defect. I'm like, did somebody cut you open with a sword? Like, like what the fuck what, happened to you? <laughs> what happened here, right? But he has a birthmark on his shoulder blade. There have been birthmarks where, um, where it's not just like, we tend to think of birthmarks as almost like giant freckles, like they're flat yeah. and discolored. And, and I have some of those, but like there are birthmarks that are like puckered. Like there was this My one- My son had that... a strawberry on his head. Sorry, oh, see? I like all of the shit right. coming out. But it I'm makes you wonder. Like... And I will also say this, just because science can come up with like a, an example, uh, a reasoning, like, oh, your cells did this and this. It still doesn't answer the why. That doesn't mean that it like, cuts out the reincarnation aspect right yeah but there are cases there was one kid who um his he an old man in advance said i will reincarnate as your grandson right he predicted it and then that kid when he was born had birthmark that was like one line and had a bunch of dots and it looked like a surgery scar and it matched the surgery scar that the grandpa or whatever had there was a little girl who had a scar that formed all the way, this picture will fuck you up, all the way around her scalp. She had a circular, and it it's not just discolored, like it's puckered. Like she's born looking like she had surgery she had on surgery. her scalp, right? Like a scar tissue. And the guy that she grew up saying that she remembered being was, um, had a head injury and they had to remove his scalp to like try to save him. So like, again, it blows my mind that like, people don't know that because we just dismiss it that reincarnation is a myth i think part of the reason we dismiss it is because we have misconceptions again people are like oh i don't want to come back as a fly i don't think that's how it works i think <laughs> all 
I think that there are soul consciousness and the animals have souls, but like we evolve to being human. We don't go back. I you know what I mean? That. Like animals have like a, a group consciousness. Um, supposedly we help animals become humans and evolve the same way that we will eventually evolve past being a human by showing them love and compassion and giving them individual attention, but we're not going to be punished. Karma is real, but not in the way that we think. Usually it's um, self-inflicted. Like we feel like we need this lesson. This is the only way to learn. And also when we die, we, we know more, we see more, but we're not perfect. We're yeah. still learning. We learn in between and then we go to another life. So like sometimes we make decisions that are not even necessary, but we think we do, right? Yeah. Um, another misconception, I think, was very powerful for me in that in that book I mentioned way earlier, Seth Speaks. He says, think about the little girl that you were. Is she dead? No. But are you that little girl anymore? No. No. So reincarnation in your soul, it's like that. You don't lose or forget forever who you were. You're not going to forget that you were Dana, but like you outgrow Dana. If yeah. that makes sense. Uh-huh. The same way that you're like, oh, you always remember that little girl. You are still, she didn't die. She still exists, but you, you expanded. It's a higher so, level of consciousness. You just keep yes. going up. You're leveling up and then you're leveling up and then you're yes. leveling up. Absolutely. Yeah. And birthmarks. So physical proof physical proof. So my mm-hmm. other question for you has to do with I know that you had done um a hypnosis. Was this oh, yeah. like a a past life regression mm-hmm. kind of a thing? I was specifically um it's very obvious listening to me that like I believe this shit and I'm very into it. So people will be surprised that like I also have a lot of walls. I'm still too skeptical. I'm so I'm too I'm I have a hard time putting my barrier down. So okay. I went to hypnosis expecting it to be and there are people who have hypnosis sessions and they go really fucking deep yeah. and they they relive their past life like a movie or mm-hmm. their present in it and they have a very deep experience that's not what happens for most people and so when I did my hypnosis I was a little disappointed and I thought I was making it up right and I I you know I'm like oh I'm just making shit up because I want it to be but when I I recorded the session my hypnotherapist was very clear. She was like, in the moment, even if you think you're making stuff up, just go just, with it, just go with it, just see what yeah. happens. And then you can record it and you can listen to it and you can process it. But like, try, try to let your guard down. And I think most people need more than one session, probably depending mm-hmm. on where they are in their life. And I've, I've practiced at home and I've had some interesting experiences that me, I'm like, oh, I'm going to dismiss it. If I don't have like a fucking birthmark, I can prove. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But I think on the other side, let's say it is your imagination. If it heals some part of you, if it is your subconscious, then it's still helping you. And there are practicing past life regressionists who don't believe in reincarnation necessarily, but they see the healing effects of it. So they do it because they're like, whatever your mind is doing, whether you are remembering or you're making something up, it's helping. This is, it's helping. There was... um. Carol Bowman tells a story about her son, his whole life had eczema only on one arm. And then he went into like this, like trance, like experience, had a past life where he was shot through the wrist during war, which again, what fucking kid makes this up for fun, right? Relived it. And his eczema went away. It just went away because sometimes the only way I think we can cure that is to like almost relive it. And it's like when you're remembering the experience, but you don't remember that you survived it. 
it's, it doesn't give you that healing. And you're like, oh, this already happened. I'm not, you know, drowning victims. That was my experience. When I went under hypnosis, I at first was like, this isn't working. This isn't working. And you don't realize that it is working because you have this like barrier up, depending on who you are. Some people are better at this. Yeah. So for me, I was there and I was like, I don't know. I feel like I'm rocking or something. And then she was like, that's okay. Sometimes people just feel like, like, you know, they're being guy. And then I was like, holy, and it just fucking flipped. And I was like, I'm on a ship. I can see the ocean. Holy shit. I'm a man. I'm not just a man. I'm a gay man. I'm in love with somebody else. And it was like, I, and it was so emotional. And that's the part that I guess I really can't explain. Like maybe I'm making it up, but I, on the recording, you can hear my emotion where you I'm like in love with this. Up. You were dude, not making it up. It it was so, it was weird. I felt myself like he, the guy that I was in love with while, and I'm like, why would I make up being a gay man? Okay. But like he, like, in like, in like the, the things, 1600s, right? Yeah. right. I'm on a ship and I'm like a regular <laughs> sailor and he's like higher up and he's got money and he's got more to lose. And I'm drinking at a pub and I'm glaring at him across the room and he walks over and he gives me an apple and he's like, you need to eat something. And I'm like, fuck you. And, yeah. then, oh um, <laughs> and I'm at, and then I'm in the bunk and I'm throwing the apple, refusing to eat it. And then there was a scene where I didn't try to unalive myself. You can, you can tell I've been on TikTok a lot because I, I can't say dead. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. You have to stay unalive, yeah. It's so hard to talk about this topic on Instagram and TikTok because they want to like take down every video right reference death Mm -hmm. um, and murder (laughs) but yeah so I had this one moment in this hypnotherapy session where I I wasn't I didn't jump overboard but there was an accident and I was under the water and I vividly could see under the water and I remember seeing like the the lower part of the ship and like the anchor or whatever and I was like that part is sinking and I watched the bubbles as they were rising. And I had this moment where I was like, okay, I can choose to just sink or I can choose to rise back up. And I, I felt paralyzed and I felt something. This is where I got really emotional. You could hear my voice break. And I was like, something fucking pushed me up. I couldn't make the decision. And I felt something push me back to the surface. Mm. And then as a sailor, I was like, oh yeah, the mermaid saved me. And I had this weird obsession with mermaids. With mermaids? Oh my God. Right. So I'm like, dude, did I make up this hypnotherapy session because I like mermaids no. and this is, or do I have this weird thing? And I've always had a love hate relationship with the ocean. I've always felt drawn to it. And then my biggest fear has been that one of my kids or that I would drown. And so I'm like, mm. and so phobias, phobias are big. Reincarnation explains a lot of phobias for why kids can have fears of things that they didn't have a traumatic experience for in this life. Why is my kid afraid of the bath? Why is my kid afraid of, you know, not just normal fear, like irrational phobias for things. Um, Fun personal story too, is that like, I don't eat meat, but not in the like, oh, I love animals and you are terrible. I just don't like the texture. I've always had like an issue. I don't like meat. Uh My mom, when she was pregnant with me, couldn't eat meat. She would throw up if she smelled meat. So my whole life, I've just, you know, like there's so many little nuances that we bring with us. from our past life there's no no one in my family was a vegetarian my whole life I'm like I can't eat meat you know and I I I can even like do chicken broth you can cook with me but I don't want the texture in my mouth right so also in that session I had um where she I guess was talking to my I don't know my inner being my subconscious this part still freaks me out because she talks to me and you can hear the shift on the recording I start talking in third person so mm. he says, 
one of the, and before the session, I asked, I wrote down some questions, things I was hoping to find out in the experience. And one of the questions was my whole life, when dusk happens, I get really anxious. Like when the day ends and it's turning night, I get like fucked up. And I was like, why? And my, my voice, it's my voice, but I'm like, oh, I can't even, I can't even fake it. That's the part that fucks me up. I can't even fake it. But I'm like, oh, Jen, I sound like a robot. Jen is just, ah, she doesn't understand time. It's a time shortage. She feels like she's not getting enough done. It's just a game. She doesn't have to win the game. She just needs to play the game. She needs to calm the fuck down, basically. And I'm like, that is me, but it is not me. Oh my God. I I can't even like emulate it right now. So that was my hypnotherapy experience I highly recommend it (laughs) you you had past life regression didn't you I did yes um but the thing is I didn't do it with a person so I had somehow stumbled upon I think I just put in two apple podcasts it might was it Brian Weiss or um no okay um I had just like put into apple podcasts reincarnation and whatever popped up I was like, oh, I'll just scroll. I'll check this sure. one out. And um, so I check it out and it's this woman, her, oh, I'm going to forget her name right now, but her podcast was called like Past Lives and the Divine. Okay. And, um, oh, she's right here. Hold on. Gina Sear is her name. Okay. Past Lives and the Divine. And um. At the end of this podcast, she's talking about reincarnation. She's talking about um, a regression that she did with a client. And she gets permission from her clients to put these regressions on to her podcast. Oh, shit. That's awesome. Yeah. And so I was listening to So it. you're hearing the actual recording? Yes. Of did you session. go into trance while listening? At the end of it, she takes you into one. Okay, cool. So she does a a meditation, like a past life meditation, and she, you lay down and you listen to her voice and it takes you back into, and, and I did it. So don't do this while you're, don't listen to this podcast while you're driving. No, definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And so I I was actually on a walk whenever I listened to it and I was like, okay, I'm going to go home and I'm going to lay down and do this meditation. And I did it. And, um, I was a woman still. I was 44 years old. I was living in the Alps. I was doing laundry. It was very- Look at you making shit up. Yeah, right? (laughs) Yes. Doing laundry in your daydreams. And it was such a sense of peace. I, in this life, was so content and I had nothing. I was just- Bro, living on a mountain oh my god it, and this is what was, i mean is that you feel it in your gut that there's more to oh my, i feel it i feel it this is it beautiful. was i and and i like my hair i could only see the back of me i couldn't see my face but like my my hair was pulled back but it was like really beautiful and i felt really good i felt secure i felt happy and content i was just like breathing in the mountain air and I was just sitting while my laundry was drying and I go home and I have a tiny house with a big table Mm. and all of my family is coming in and we're eating dinner together and we're just being and it was so beautiful I felt so content 
and fulfilled. And I really think that it was trying to tell me to let go of some stuff here. Like I don't Listen. need all the stuff. Yes. That is my goal in this lifetime is to just to calm the fuck down. Yeah. And to like, and because it's like, it's so easy to forget how much you have and think that you're not going to be happy until you get more. But that is the trick. That is, that is the bottom line is how can you make peace with where you are now? What, and that's the thing too, a lot of past lives, we, we talk about the sensational, dramatic, murdery ones, but like there, we've had a lot of lives that were like that. And those, that is what you needed. And that was the experience that you needed. And that's what you can bring into this current, you borrow from lives. We're all happening right now. You're borrowing from that because it fucked, like it affected you. Like it, it, you know, you know, and that's what matters. I will say this too, is a very cool um most of the the stories that i really lean on are the ones where they are children or even adults there are a lot of really amazing hypnosis stories and one of my favorites probably the most famous um commercially book about reincarnation is many lives many masters and that's very surface level so Mm -hmm. there's so much more to that um beyond that but dr weiss has several books beyond this particular book and one of them i think it's called only love is real or only love matters something like that this he was um he's a science he's a doctor he was not interested in like had no idea you know until he had a patient who was under hypnosis who started having past lives uh memories and also started telling him things about his life that no one knew about how he had a son that died Oh, wow. The situation and why that son died and all these things that nobody knew. Right. So that was a big, powerful moment for him. And he really hasn't spent his life trying to convince anybody else. He's just kind of leaned into how can I help people? So he started taking on more clients for past life therapy. He had a guy named Pedro. These are pseudonyms, but he had a guy named Pedro and a, a woman named Elizabeth. They never had an appointment the same day or the same time they came to his office they saw him but they never were even in the the waiting room together but he starts realizing that they're having past life memories that are complementary to each other oh right so for example he the the guy would have a memory of being an old man who was uh, beat up by soldiers who was dying in the street and his daughter came rushing to his aid and held him as he died and she would have a memory of like watching her father be killed by soldiers and rushing in right right he would have a memory of like being at um on a hunting trip and coming back to his village and it's on fire and thinking his wife was dead and his family was dead and describe the tents and the uh, the whole scenery and then she would describe her husband being away on a hunting trip and watching her in-laws die and then what her village looked like and then she was kidnapped and her husband thought she was dead, right? But he's he's a doctor. Confidentiality, he can't tell them, right? Yeah. That he, but he's trying to put it together like this. Like, are they soulmates or am I supposed to tell right. them? What, I, what is this connection here? Why is this happening here right, right now? So he's like trying to be professional, but then he finds out that Pedro is having one last session because he's going out of the country, moving away. And he feels like, oh, frantic. What do I, what do I do? I have this last chance. So he decides that the best way to be professional and also respect his gut is to book them back to back for the first time ever. He books them their sessions so that they'll hopefully cross paths in the waiting room. 
and they do, but like, it's like, you're in a waiting room. You meet somebody, yeah. it, no, you know, like, I hope he no. took all of the magazines out. <laughs> yeah, he, right. was like no he, he even went as far, he was leaving. I think he was leaving Pedro's session and he introduced them. Oh, this is another patient of mine hoping like, yeah. but nothing happened. Cause they're like, I mean, he said like, you could feel like maybe chemistry, but like, they're not going to be like, I'm going to ask you out in front of my doctor. Oh, right. Right. So he was like, I did what I could. I don't know what to make of this. Maybe it was really about me learning something and he lets it go. This part fucks me up. I hope I get the details right. But the, the gist is that Pedro was getting ready to move out of the country and Elizabeth was going to visit a friend. So she was going to like, let's say Boston and he was going to, let's say New York. They were going to different cities, but they're at okay. the airport at the same time. And her flight gets delayed because there's mechanical issues. She gets put on his flight to reroute her as a, what do you call it when they have to stop in the middle? Um, she, instead of a, a direct like flight. Like a layover? Has, a layover, right. So she's she gets put on his flight. They, ha- they do recognize each other because they met the one time. They sit yeah. next to each other. He changes, he changes seats with somebody so he can sit next to her. Fast forward, long story short, they get married and have a child, right? So they, they're they married now. These are two people that he like technically introduced, but they had past life memories and they just felt attracted to each other outside. Right. Like he didn't schedule their flight. He didn't like put them together in that way. How, I mean, like, I don't know. Fucking universe just does what it does, I guess. The universe does what it does. And I am curious, do you have like, um, connections with people that you later realize I probably had a past life. Something happened in a past life with this person. We're not meant to be (laughs) right now. We're not meant to be in each other's lives really, but you just like connect with the eyes. But you know, Oh Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I have relationships that are like more platonic where I'm like, I know that I knew you. We're just, we're, and then there you have romantic experiences or people that you never like follow through with but you're like "Mm." there's a connection though yeah 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 and how else do you explain how you feel like you have met someone before but you haven't or you're just really comfortable with them well it's like those movies right like the movies where somebody meets in some sort of circum happening thing and then they spend the whole night together and they just really really jive Mm -hmm. and then they go their separate ways Right. And I would like to say that when I have those moments, it's super romantic and beautiful. The fact that my husband has had those moments is annoying. Not so romantic. You're like, not what the cool. fuck? <laughs> yeah. I had an experience where I was like very casual. I'm like, I believe in reincarnation now. And we've, we've had different, you know, partners. And like, so I can tell you that there was this cool experience I had with this person that we never, and then he was like, yeah, I had one of those. And I was like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. I don't even like he the fact cheated on you. That in your he had, yes. Like, how dare you have like ex-girlfriends before me? Like, I tolerate that. Okay. Yes. But this is too much. Soulmate. <laughs> fuck you. No, <laughs> we're done. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm very balanced and healthy. If you were wondering. Totally. Me too. <laughs> yeah. 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 Definitely not a hypocrite or anything. Not at all. Mm-mm. Oh my gosh. I feel like I could talk to you for another hour and a half, two hours, four hours. Um, This has been so fun. So eye-opening. I hope that everybody that has been listening is just 
full of all the goosebumps that I've had. I hope this so. Episode. I hope it went over well. It's, it's one of two ways. They're like, this is really cool. Or they're like, what is wrong with them? <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. I and know. it's they're fine. Crazy. <laughs> They'll figure it out in the next life. In the That's next fine. life. Maybe not yeah. this one, yeah. but yeah. one in That's the fine. future. Yeah. Um, Tell people where they can go if they need more Jen in their life. Uh, who doesn't? <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I have a, such a love-hate relationship with social media because I had the benefit of, um, in my twenties and thirties, I was able to make a living off social media. I had this really cool parenting comedy platform and it did well, but it kind of trapped me <laughs> and then like it became a thing that I hate because it was like, I technically can live on this, but only if I keep doing it. And mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I, I didn't make enough money to like stockpile and run away. Right. So uh, that was another interesting thing is when I went from the, the parenting comedy world to, Hey, let's talk about spirits. <laughs> All that said, I have, I have narrowed my focus. I am primarily on Instagram and TikTok, and I have a blog. Um, I really like my blog because I don't have to wear makeup. Mm-hmm. I don't have to appear. I can just write about shit that I think is interesting. So you can find me at jenscottpickett.com or you can find me on Medium, Jen Scott Pickett. Um, and I think Instagram and TikTok are also Jen Scott Pickett. I try to make it easy. Very easy. Universal try across to, the board. Yeah. So this episode was a lot of fun and I think it probably caused more questions than answered. So that's great because you can go to these platforms and you can get questions answered. Like how long does it take to reincarnate and why do we forget? And do we really forget? And what are soulmates and what are the misconceptions and what about the population explosion and all the things that you think disprove reincarnation, but don't I have answers. Oh my God. I love it. I love it so much. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your expertise. I know you don't like that word, but that is what it is. (laughs) Thank you for letting me just talk about shit that very few people let me talk about. So thank you for letting me ramble and just uh, gush. I, I genuinely, I told my husband right before we came on the show, I said, I'm really excited to talk about reincarnation, but I've been binging this show so much that I like, I just kind of want to come and give my commentary on everything that y'all have talked about up to this point, because I feel like I've been in the room with you and I'm like, okay, but here are my thoughts on urban legends and uh, toxic positivity and relationships, you know, so. uh, Maybe we just need to have you keep coming back, you know? (laughs) I mean, you know, whatever. Um, Genuinely, I appreciate being here. It's been a lot of fun and um, I love your show. I am so honored to be here. Oh, thank you. I'll be sharing it. Not just this episode. I'm going to, sh- I've already shared. I've shared. I've given my five stars. Oh, you did. Thank I you. did. Yeah. So I appreciate it. Guys, follow her lead. You can head right on over to Apple and give five stars. If you are watching this on YouTube and you have any questions, go ahead and give them to her or just go and find her and ask yourselves. All the things. Yeah. And until next time, we're on batting, baby. Unbadding, unbadding, we're unbadding, baby. We're on a journey, baby. We're unbadding, baby. We're unbadding.